Your Locked On Sharks, your daily podcast on the San Jose Sharks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Locked On Sharks, your daily source of everything Team San Jose. Uh, yeah, I'm your host, Kyle Demetrius. Back with me are Eric and JD. This is the recap of Avs Sharks. Uh, a little spanky spanky for the Sharks. Everybody's going to be like, ooh, they were good through two periods and they're in it to the third, but there's like six more gears that Colorado can go to that San Jose just doesn't have. San Jose's like a bicycle and Colorado's like a Porsche. But anyway, I, di- I digress. What, uh, what do we want to <laughs> That start? is quite the... <laughs> Is it like one of the old timey like big wheel? Like a, pen, a penny farthing? Yeah, sure. Why not? I don't know. It's no. It's like one of those bikes you get when you're 12 and it's only got three gears, like low, medium, and high. It's like a city bike or a Bixie bike. It's only got three gears and that's it. That's all you're getting. I don't know. They're just they're just in a different class of team, are they not? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't so bad to begin the game. The second period was pretty was pretty gross and there are definitely a few times when the Avs had some zone time and like not a lot of shots but you're kind of you can kind of sense like they're they have the puck a lot more yeah uh they so also the hit six was, posts yeah and they also had seven yes yeah, it was seven posts i didn't seven. realize that yeah, until the third period and someone brought that up and i was like oh man this is a lot worse than it looks yeah and if you look at the like traditional shot counter it goes like, like six fifteen twenty in favor of Colorado. So you can see Colorado ramping it up. And I think this just leads us into Devin Dubnik actually played pretty well. So there's no two ways about it. We, the goalies are the goalies, but when they play well, they play well. And Devin Dubnik played well. There's a lot of shots right in front that he saved and he looked good. And on both of the goals, well, I guess there's a third goal on the first two goals really wasn't, he couldn't do anything. Yeah, no, no, he, he, he got, I mean, They've both been left out to dry in a lot of these games, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard to blame him for any of these goals. the The problem, though, is that all three goals against were of the high danger variety, uh, which is you know a specific location on the ice, kind of right in front of the net. And even though we say that that he kind of got hung out to dry, the the like repeatable, the most repeatable part of a goalie's game is how well he does on high danger shots like that's sort of where the skill shines through so that's yep. not you know it's one game well, so it's hard to be like that's a big issue but that's uh how many did he save though before that that's true uh he had 10 high danger shots against and he saved seven so that's also that's, that's also, good i don't yeah, know it's good uh, i don't so like 700 70 high danger save percentage over a course of a season is pretty bad but like if he makes one more save tonight that looks a lot better so i'm not i'm not I, i'm not faulting him i was just sort of yeah, no, of course. Explain how the, the one game sample might filter into a longer period of time. This is the podcast for the people where we incorporate both analytics and the eye test and we make it accessible. I try. I try anyway. For um, the people. For the people. Yeah, power to the people. Or well, so since, since we're on Dubnik, JD, how did oh, I yeah. feel like the weather, the weather must have warmed up on Dubnik Island today, huh? Yeah, we were expecting like a category five storm and, you know, it was more like a tropical depression. So we, um, you know, happy with the result, the damage after wasn't too bad. You know, we, we had to replace a couple uh, 
couple people's decks and stuff like that, but we'll trudge on on Dubnik Island. So uh, pretty happy with the results. Thought he played well, um, did a really good job, I think, of kind of limiting the rebounds, and especially uh, against a team like Colorado who can just feast on those. Um, you know, and a lot of times like that first goal where it's just Vlasic just doesn't cover his man and there's not too much he can do there. And then on the second goal where Le- on the three on two where LeBanc just stops skating. And like, again, there's, there's just, you can only ask your goalie just to bail you out so many times. So yeah, I thought Dubnik uh, was definitely the highlight tonight. So uh, we'll see if he can kind of keep it going into the, hopefully the Vegas series. I think the big question is, is that, is there expanding property on Dubnik Island? Is this, we are, uh, we're, we're firing up the Zillow app here. (laughs) So, but we'll see, well, you know, like we said with Jones where you want to, you know, it's nice to have one game and one good game, but we want to see kind of start streaming together a couple of these games. So. And Bob, Bob specifically said that he wants to see a goalie take over the crease, which is bizarre when they came into the season talking about sharing or at least sharing yeah. makes more sense sharing in a short season like this yeah sharing is caring but bob has explicitly said uh he wants to see a goalie take over the crease here so i think dubnik's probably got the lead i guess yeah, yeah. he hasn't been pulled yeah, man <laughs> yeah true good point he hasn't been pulled uh, he hasn't won yet though either which is a big issue no but but you know if i think if we're seeing if we're seeing the eye test, hopefully the coaches are seeing the eye test also. And he, and he looked, and I hope, I hope they have some, some analytics or numbers besides just say percentage going on back there in some capacity, Charlie Townsend. I'm looking at you, buddy. Um, <laughs> hot off the press, hot off the Chuck Townsend press. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, I don't know. Play, start him in the next game. Like see if he can play two good games in a row kind of thing. I'm still yeah. On the, especially can, because they have, four days off or three days off now sorry jd yeah i'm still on the continually to let them alternate because i still think they do better on the longer stretch so but that's just me so we'll see anyway we don't even know if they're gonna be playing on monday because vegas decided to they got a touch of the vid in vegas so we'll know more by the weekend if they're actually gonna be playing monday so what are we gonna do all weekend no games. I know on the couch. Games until until Monday. I guess there's As other the, NHL games, but it's just not. Yeah. That's the only single man here. I know exactly what I'm doing all weekend. Um, I had to betonline.ag and spend some money that I I shouldn't on dumb stuff like X Ottawa Senators at Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. One hundred percent. All right, guys, before we continue our conversation uh, about the Sharks' 3 to nothing loss to the Avalanche, we want to take a quick break and talk to you guys about our friends over at betonline.ag. Uh, Super Bowl is right around the corner. Um, college basketball and basketball are heating up, and uh, NHL is off and going. So if you think you know who the winners are, you can. there's one place to go and the one place that's got you covered, and the one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. <clears throat> We're covering everything you need to know about the San Jose Sharks, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. Um. Okay, I was there... This is, I, I don't think we can keep this going where we say, like, oh, is there any more good things where we dive into the bad? Because I'm officially like thrown 
the rope ladder over the side of the boat and I'm climbing into the dinghy to go for deep tank. Uh, I'm getting, I'm getting off this ship. So I, I think it's going to become apparent as we go into the season that talking about the good things is where it's at. But for right now, there wasn't a lot of good, right? It was mostly kind of bad. And I think I want to highlight the fact that the Sharks scored a bunch of goals in the first couple of games and then Bob changed the lineup and now they can't score at all. They also play the Coyotes in the first couple of games. I think that was maybe a little something that we, or I at least got carried away with was like, oh, their offense looks pretty good after two games. Like, you know, we knew it was only two games, but I don't think we sort of stopped to remember that the Coyotes were projected to be pretty poor and haven't been a good team in a while. And so that the Sharks came out and were okay was not necessarily, you know, suggestive of of how the Sharks were going to be and more maybe an indictment of the opponent they had just played. And so I'm not, I don't like, it's hard to totally blame Bob. I'm not blaming Bob. I'm just saying that like the offense hasn't looked dangerous at all. Like, no, 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 I agree. I agree. Like, man, the Sharks look like they can pop off here. No, I I guess they did against Minnesota, but whatever. Right. I will say tonight, uh, finally the big boy line of of Kane, Hurdle, and Meyer was was the ass line. Yeah. The the big, the big butts line. Um, (laughs) They played, I mean, they didn't really play against anyone in particular. It looked like, it looked like Bednar went with um, the McKinnon line to, to shut down the Couture line, but but still, uh, these guys jokes were, on him. I know, right? <laughs> these guys were finally after playing like three pretty poor games on the right side of the shot ledger. Uh, even had slightly better quality shots, no goals, but like that's still that's still a good sign, I guess, for three guys that had been that had been pretty bad. And you know, w- when you see Timo kind of catch some speed and lower his shoulder coming around. The circle, you, you understand why Doug Wilson and Doug Wilson Jr. love drafting power forwards so much. <laughs> I, I wish they wouldn't, but like you can sort of you, you catch a glimpse of like, ah, oh, I want, I want. As long as the power forward has skills like Timo does, then, right, then yeah. we're fine. It's when right. they draft guys who are like just, just big. big. Yeah. <laughs> JD, do perfect you... power forward. Yeah, it's Timo. They just don't like him. Uh, right. <laughs> uh, JD, did you did you find anybody else really stood out to you tonight? Uh, yeah, Dylan Gambrell, uh, much maligned. Gambler's podcast. <laughs> yeah, he knew you don't fold him. Gambling He's man. coming back. He's coming back. Yeah, he, he he held and look at he. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Uh, oh, but yeah, no, he. Kenny Rogers jokes. Yes. Um, you could tell, like, he's out there whenever they need a big draw. He's out there um, taking the face off, and he does really well in the face off. Um, I know Eric will tell you that face offs aren't the most important thing, but that's they still, don't. Um, and then just the way, like, he he's playing with more confidence now, and like he made some nice moves down below in front of the crease. He had a nice little power move, um, set up a shot, but just wasn't able to score. So, yeah, multiple times I wrote in my you know my little notebook of gambrell doing stuff so um yeah i i think he's you know it's it's nice because he solidified that third c which was kind of the big question mark coming into the year so um and if he keeps playing the way he is we don't have to worry about that position anymore I like what that. about his wingers That's i want to see, see uh leonard back in there on one on i want to see leonard and gregor as his wingers i signed me up for that so I think I think or, Gregor might be getting the boot, but that's just me. No, I, I think so too. I think I think more than anything, Leonard and Gregor are gonna alternate. Um but I but I also liked I also liked um 
when Timo is down there with Gambrell, I think that's like a better distribution of talent. And so even though the big butt line finally had had a solid night, I think I think that like the those two Hurdle and Kane play well with Leonard or have played better with him. And Meyer and Gambrell and Gregor did pretty well. So I would I'd like to see those two lines again, but who knows? Yeah, and I I guess uh Bob said in the after aftermarket the after after press after conference hours. <laughs> the post game post game that's what i'm like yeah i don't know the sharks yeah sharks after hours sharks um, after dark. that donato's been uh no that's somebody else's content please strike <laughs> that from the record um that donato's been pretty good and he seems pretty happy with with donato and he said that he was asked a pointed question um about kane and hurdle responding and he said they were just okay so i don't I don't know. I, I'm bad at deciphering Bob's words. It seems he didn't like he didn't like him tonight, even though they actually played pretty well for the first time. Well, at least by like five on five shot metrics. I don't. The power think, play was just wholesale trash. So let's just skip yeah, that. That's true. That's true. I, Why clearly he's expecting them to score goals, so that's understandable. Yeah. It just seems like the like even like the power play and stuff where it started out with like just shoot, 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 and try to get as many shots, and now it's just like. Let's just kind of slow down and keep passing and stuff like that. And the power play is what now, like one out of the past 21 or 22 after such a hot start. And even the offense in general is just like they're, they keep trying to make like one too many passes. And how many times you get to see like intercepted or tipped or something like that. And it's, um, you know, especially like Eric Carlson does all these amazing things. And, you know, well, it, like in the transition game and through the neutral zone. And then when he gets and he tries to pass it to a teammate and they're just not in the right spot. And it's, it'd be nice if he just shot it more. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess it depends. I don't know because shooting it, shooting it into a crowd of three dudes is equally as bad. I think the biggest issue though, is that when he makes these passes into the slot or he's a one man crew going down in the thing, which is beautiful. It seems that it's, right. yes. it seems that it's always Marcus Sorensen or Matt Nieto or <laughs> somebody like that. Yeah, on the receiving end, and they're just not the guys that you want to see there. There's like Marcus Lawrence has been pretty good to open the season, and Matt Nieto has been looked pretty good, and he scored a couple goals. But there's a clear skill difference between them and Timo Meyer or Kevin LeBanc or Logan Couture. So it just seems that the wrong guys are always receiving his passes, and I'd rather have him try to create offense than just taking a shot above the dot. Well, he could create not offense, going in. but I think like because they know when he gets into the zone, like when Carson gets into the zone he's going to wait for the pass. Like it'd be nice for him to just shoot it once in a while and kind of mix it up. Cause you know, you never know the, the puck bounces funny or is, you know, hits somebody the wrong way or something like that. But um, yeah, it would just be nice of him instead of kind of just going in there and then just waiting for everyone else to, to kind of do something. If he would just shoot it just once in a while, not every time, just once in a while, let's, let's shoot. But, it but then, but then, but then we're going to be sitting here in 10 games being like, wow, he should pass it more. He's just shooting at legs. I, yeah. I think, I think there's right? uh, that, that's exactly what happens is that everybody yeah. like Brett Hedekin on the broadcast and he was talking about how he needs to shoot it more. And right. one time Hedekin right. said, he's throwing a hope pass. Carlson was on his backhand with three Colorado avalanche on him. What, and he what makes shot a great is going in? No, yeah, what shot is going in? Like no right. shot is going in. I no, think- he makes he made the right play there. I understand that, but it's just like sometimes being just waiting along the wall, and it's like just just shoot it every once in a while or something. You know, it doesn't like I said, it doesn't have to be every time. Just once in a while, let's shoot it. Like, did you want George more. Thornton to shoot it? Every once in a while, yes. 
Okay, well, fair. Okay, fine. As long as your as long as your take is consistent, I, yes. I can respect. I can respect that. It's it's that people people are so fickle, and they say one thing, and then it starts happening, and then like, well, I want the other thing because the expectation is that always the good thing is going to happen. And my biggest thing is that he's passing to guys that I just wish were other guys. <laughs> no, I understand. I totally get that. I feel I, I get it. Where it's like you know, if that was Hurdle instead of Sorensen, like Hurdle probably makes a play on that. Or Hurdle did have a breakaway or a partial yeah. break that he but almost just scored like, on, which was nice. There yeah, was like four four good scoring chances for the Sharks, and that was it tonight. I don't know what the numbers say, Eric, but it felt like uh, there was four. Yeah, no, it's it's. I, uh, it's a, it's a little more than that. It's a little more than that. Well, so by the actual scoring chance numbers at five on five, they had nineteen to twenty two, which is closer than expected. Um, but their expected goals, which is sort of takes a little bit more into into consideration, I think, and is probably a better barometer of shot quality, was not nearly as close to the to the avalanche. And I think they're sort of expected goals per unblocked shot, which is a, a way of sort of saying. Um, kind of the average quality of any given unblocked shot wasn't super exciting. So they definitely had like more chances than they have in the past. Um, but on average, there wasn't a ton of super quality. Ch- it was an aggregate chances, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's fair. Uh, that makes sense. JD, let's go to the notebook. What'd you write down? Uh, first, we got to pour one out for our boy Sasha, who we thought was going to make his oh, debut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The good news um, is that he'll probably play next game. Yeah, but I just felt bad where it's like on his Instagram, he's like yes. posting like his family and yes. stuff, congratulating him and stuff like that. And then I don't know what it just said. It was something with the taxi squad. So I don't know if they couldn't send somebody down. Or... So after the game, <laughs> um, the broadcast cut in right as Kevin Kurtz had finished asking the question, and Bob said, it was a paperwork issue. It just was like a deadline thing. So it looks yeah. like there's, it was just like a timing thing. Um, so it's probably just, um, yeah. He, yeah, the NHL still uses fax machines, which is like a real thing, um, which is fucking insane in 2021. But yeah. it, it's, it seems like it was just like a clerical error for, from somebody. Um, so don't blame so this yeah. on Doug Wilson. Whoever is blaming this on Doug Wilson, you can go just shut your mouth. Yeah, but, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what happened, but it was just um, a clerical error. So he'll yeah. be back. Hopefully. Yeah, I know. I just I felt bad. So, like, could you imagine? Just and then it's like, uh, sorry, buddy. Um, but no, yeah. Like, uh, Eric Carlson highlights. I think um, Hurdle had a really nice chance to Kane that we talked about. Um, the power play one. Uh, what do you guys thought with Donato up there instead of uh, Kane? I mean, the power plays were pooped tonight. Still, like, I'd, I'd still think splitting up Burns and Carlson is the way to go from the power play but well they switched Burns and Carlson so Carlson's on the half wall but they're doing the thing again where Carlson's a righty and they have the lefty couture I think on their proper side so they can't do one-timers makes no sense I don't know why they do that but anyway I pp2 is still better than pp1 because pp2 gets it in the zone passes like three times and then just rips one yep which is what we want to see pp1 do so stop shooting stop passing so much um we want to see more pp we want to see more people. We want to see PP one do good things. So um, Kane with another dumb penalty, uh, but then he had a nice shift after that. And then, yeah, it just like, it kind of felt like in the third period, the dam finally broke on the sharks and they got buried by the avalanche. It was a good, it was a good stealth tank game. Yeah. So it was. Play, it looked, play really well to like yeah. almost in the third, then just lose by a couple like, <laughs> Oh, rebound no. goals and stuff and you're like yeah. oh no darn well we played pretty well we can build off this just exactly what you want 
All right, before we finish our talk about these Sharks and their uh, 3 nothing loss to the Avalanche, we want to take a quick break and talk to you guys about Built Bar. Uh, Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It comes in 18 amazing flavors, including caramel brownie, apple almond crisp, uh, German chocolate, coconut almond, and double chocolate. Um, each bar is covered in 100% chocolate, so they're soft and easy to chew. They're great for health-conscious people or if you want to lose or maintain weight uh, while still indulging in delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they're great for keto diets. And right now, when you visit BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use that promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you tips, insights, and analysis for season-long Dynasty and DFS leagues, breaking out all the stats and information to keep you ahead of the competition. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, and they, I mean, we knew this this stretch of their schedule was going to be really tough going against, I mean, you had uh, the Blues, which they, you know, they split the series with, but then like Colorado, and then you're going to have Vegas. Um, so hopefully the schedule will lighten up and you actually start getting home games here soon. So that's where, if the Sharks are going to make a push, like that's what they need to do. So they just kind of need to, tread water right now until they get more home games actually in their building so yeah that's fair eric what uh captain math what are what are some fun numbers uh that'd be the guess... shittiest superhero of all time by the way captain math captain math there's, just, there's, <laughs> there's, you know, there's like a kids uh... let me uh figure out the oh sorry guys the uh stats say that this is not we're not winning this battle Let's this is not, not a crime <laughs> worth fighting uh, <laughs> You only had five dollars in your wallet. I can't go after him. Sorry. <laughs> um, who who do you think were the two forwards with the most five on five shifts? Uh, Kevin LeBanc and Logan Couture. JD. Uh, I'm gonna say Gambrell and Donato. Actually, I immediately amend this, and I think it was somebody on the fourth line because I remember seeing Sorensen out there a ton. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I would say JD is the closest. Gambrell and Couture. I guess you guys both kind of split it. Um, yeah. Gambrell and Couture both had 19. LeBanc, Nieto, Donato all had 18. What? Ain't, well, so I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know actually. Um, <laughs> well, I was gonna I was gonna say that in in games where they're down by quite a few that the bottom of the lineup plays more but they weren't down zero, zero. until yeah right until the very yeah. end so yeah so I, I that's why i was like never mind um then we have kane gregor meyer and hurdle with 16 each interesting marlo with 14 Sorensen with 13 and nason with 12 okay so it's not super egregious um, no it's, it's two or three shifts and i mean that's that's kind of the standard distribution in most cases is like two probably like 2.2 shifts or something yeah as long as somebody's not like way down like if Meyer was at like 12 shifts or something that that'd be concerning but um i know the defense numbers were kind of out of whack Vlasic played a lot uh Uh, partially because he's with burns for a long shift yeah he got cut out for an extra long shift and four long shifts and and uh, Carlson was only out for three long shifts. So even just one shift in someone's favor. So Carlson took 27 five-on-five shifts, and Vlasic only took 24. 
but Vlasic had one more long shift and and a, and so that probably is why the numbers were a little bit more skewed. Also, maybe the PK too because Vlasic plays on the PK more. Yeah, Vlasic played almost three minutes on the PK, and Eric Carlson played almost two minutes. So that's gonna, yeah, that's that's gonna do it right there. So I, I think that's why whenever you people tweet out or whatever and i'm not like blaming anyone um time on ice for one game to go look at a shift chart or like a list of how many shifts players got to sort of line that up because i think a lot of times in games when when there's a surprising number it's because someone got caught out on a shift um or there was a goal or something weird happened and it's not necessarily reflective of anything else other than just like a bizarre event or a bad shift so eric really, really quick what's considered a long shift and what's considered like an i gotta look that up i they, they it's have probably over specific... 40 or 45 seconds yeah, um, yeah. 45 so seconds every probably... burn shift <laughs> yeah every single burn yeah. shift um yeah pretty much yeah uh, but that's shift, probably shift, like shift. the benchmark like when you're learning hockey and like growing up and stuff like it's that like 45 is that seconds. The, the check the, yeah when you're a little kid it's like 35 second shifts um, and then it like if you're better, it's like 40, 45. So I, I'd, I'd imagine it's anything over 44. Right. I'd imagine. But yeah, I could be wrong. They could be counting different. But um, yeah. if you look at the average shift length of the NHL or like players and stuff like that, you'll see that it's around 40. It's 45. like 45 seconds. Yeah. yeah. It's not in the glossary. They had it. They had it somewhere at one point. Um, we will tweet at them and use our power. Well, yeah. Today. I'll let you guys know when I find it. But I think Kyle's pretty right in that it was. Um, it's probably uh, starts at the 45 second oh, mark you. and goes up That'll from there. That'll be the end of this podcast. Um, <laughs> cut that and save it. <laughs> Kyle was right. Um, also, really quick, uh, I hope Belmar um, and sorry, that, knee, we... that, that knee injury did not look good. So I hope he's speedy recovery to him. So on that weird play by Donato. But yeah, look like yeah, he shredded his knee. <laughs> MCL probably. They, they banged the outside of his knee. Yeah. 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 So. Um, no, he like it like went the opposite way. Uh, uh, are you guys noticed before we go? Are you guys? It's was game eight, game yep. seven, game, game eight. eight, the Ocho, game eight, um, the Ocho. <laughs> uh, oh man, Dodge rolls are great. Um, are you guys noticing any early season trends that we should keep an eye on going forward? Because obviously, small sample size. If it's like two games and somebody doesn't play a lot, then we got to wait. But now that we've got eight games, we're starting to get larger and larger samples. What are some trends we should keep an eye on? I think Gambrell. Gambrell's yep. been kind of a, a pleasant early season surprise. Um, and see off. if he if he keeps that consistency up. Um, I think, yeah, also the, the Knizov-Shimek pairing was, again, solid tonight. I think they're probably about even. They were about even in, in most five-on-five metrics. Um, and so as long as, as long as those two keep performing okay in a depth role, I think it's going to put a damper on the potential Merkley appearance. Um, and then, and then I think the other thing too, is the two young guys, mostly Gregor and Leonard to see if either one of them can sort of string together enough games to, to like feel like more of a permanent fixture in the lineup. I think we'll probably see them both scratched a few more times just because they're young and that's how hockey coaches work. But mm-hmm. I'm curious to see if either one of them can kind of grab on to a more permanent role. Yeah. Um, I want to yeah. say Eric. Eric Carlson, um, I know like he hasn't 
the points aren't there and points don't matter but i think you can tell he's back to where he was like he's on his way to being back to where he was pre uh gripping his dick off so uh. you know the interesting thing there is that he's looked great in transition but his his like on ice shot differential statistics relative to his teammates is still pretty awful so far so and this is where we can blend what i do and what you do uh because yeah you watch, well, I, I said i said the transition <laughs> game was great it's just not leading yeah, the shots no, no, no. which isn't his fault but no which it went and, and to tack on to that the reason why sometimes you can't just like throw out a number like oh is it i can throw out a number to or is two four against it bad uh i can throw out lots of numbers but what 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 I'm trying to say is that when you look at that, you'd be like, wow, his 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 shooting differential isn't very good. And then when you watch a game like tonight and through a lot of games, he put four passes into the slot that didn't result in shots. He was on a two-on-one that he passed to Buddy and Buddy didn't shoot. So like you can look deeper and stuff. Granted, I would like to see more shots while he's on the ice, but at the same time, it's not like he's completely getting caved in by shots. Yep. Agreed. So Kyle, Eric, do you want to disagree you? with me? No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, like, like Eric right now, <laughs> right now, he is getting caved in. But again, it's also only eight games in. And so these sort of adjusted metrics are tough to to give you a, a, a really good perspective. I don't know, you know, if there there's a long conversation on Twitter the other day about whether or not they're better at this stage in the season than just more traditional or sort of game by game numbers. And so I don't know what the final answer there is. I do think Maybe what I'll say is that um, we need to see his awesome transition game eventually turn into a better shot differential relative to the rest of his teammates um, if the Sharks are going to start to win more games. So let's see if, if he can turn the, the transition yeah, zone entries into shots. Yeah. No, I'm just saying just from the eye test, like he looks like. He yeah. Looks yeah. Like oh, no, I 100 percent. I 100 percent agree. And I'm not blaming him for the fact that. Not all of his zone entries turn into shots, but at some point they're going to need to yeah. if if the Sharks are going to win some games. Yeah, no, I, I think that totally fair criticism of uh, of our beloved Eric Carlson. So, uh, no, I don't have any trends. That was a question. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. Uh, we'll, uh, next week, obviously, hopefully previewing Vegas. Um, we hopefully have a really cool interview lined up where like, we're not going to put it the out coolest. there in the world yet because we're still confirming. Uh, yeah, but it should be it should be it should be dope. Uh, it's not Owen Nolan, um, sadly. Uh, but we're going to be back with that. We'll preview the Vegas. We'll be back after the games, obviously. Uh, we'll be doing all our good stuff so the Sharks don't play again until Monday. Uh, so over the weekend, if you want to ask us about anything, let us know at Locked On Sharks. You can let us know all your dumb takes at LockedOnSharks at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to go link us to some new web page, you can do that at Facebook, Locked On Sharks. Um, or if you want to share our story, you can do that at Instagram, uh, which is also Locked On Sharks. It's almost like there's a theme here. Uh, and if you want to get at one of us individually, um, you can ask Eric about all sorts of fun, fun number stuff that I have no idea what they mean uh, at foul ball 15. And you can um, send your condolences to Jay-Z, Jay-Z, JD uh, at my fry hole. I call you Jay-Z all the time. Thanks. I don't know why. I am also anyway, a multi, Mr. Snap. multi-billion uh, music mogul. Uh, you can find Kyle on the bird at Kyle Demetrius where he'll be complaining about something or he'll have fire bitches in his mentions. So. Promoted tweets. 
I don't, I don't complain that much. I just, I just, I just critique. Anyway, we will see you guys next week. GD, uh, congrats on the sex. Uh, see you guys next week. Thank you.